If you have your copy of the scripture, I invite you to turn with me to the book of Luke. Uh, we'll be looking at Luke's gospel, uh, different passages, Luke's gospel chapter 17 to 19. So um, if you have your um, copy of the Bible with you, uh, go ahead and, and um, turn to, to uh, the gospel of Luke uh, chapter 17. We're going to look at a few different passages, uh, Luke 17, 18, and into 19. Uh, and I'm just going to be reading those for you. So, um, those will not be on the screen for us today. I just want to read, read through those and um, you, to, you to, uh, to read through your Bible. So if you don't have it with you, uh, just, uh, just listen carefully. But we want to read through a few different passages here this morning. Now, I don't know uh, if you know much about uh, what happens around uh, the church during the week. But uh, churches are often very busy places. Uh, there's a lot happening, and I know some of you uh, may not uh, recognize that. You think, oh, you know, we're open on Sunday or maybe Sunday night as well. Uh, but there's a lot happens during the week. Now, many of you may have been one of these people who, uh, who joke about pastors. There's a, a pretty common uh, joke about pastors, and the, the general punchline is, well, you know, you only have to work one day a week. Um, and so there's many times that I wish that that were true, uh, but... Uh, we often work uh, during the week as well. In fact, I'd say most, most weeks, most days we're doing something. And in fact, most days of the week there's something that's happening uh, here at, uh, at Lakes. Uh, there's things happening most days, uh, many of our nights during the week. And so you might say, well, what sort of things do we do as a church family during the week as far as uh, ministries and things to the church? We've got uh, a play group that happens a couple days during the week supporting uh, children and uh, young families in our community. We've got a, a seniors group that meets uh, once a week caring for uh, those who are senior citizens in our community. Um, there are different Bible studies meeting during the week, some here at the church uh, in different parts of the property, some in different people's homes, uh, encouraging and supporting um, and uh, learning uh, more and more about God, supporting each other uh, in our faith and in challenges of life. There are different prayer times, uh, we meet uh, one uh, this um, coming Wednesday, I believe, our prayer time here at the church. We meet once a month for, uh, for praying together as a community of faith and just lifting our cares and concerns to the Lord. Uh, there's Kids Club that meets here uh, every week, uh, just trying to share the love of Jesus with children in our community. There's Footsteps of Faith that meet here, encouraging children to, who love uh, dance just to be proud of who God made them to be and to uh, just to shine for Him. There's Ignite, which is our, our youth group that meets every week, uh, connecting our teenagers in our community with the love of Jesus and encouraging them to live out their faith. There are people who work um, on uh, pastoral care stuff uh, all through the week, uh, ringing up people, letting them know how much we care about them, walking through some difficult stuff in life with them. There's a, a property team. There's a group of people who just... Uh, work on um, developing and maintaining and caring for uh, all the beautiful facilities and property that God has blessed us with and just using their talents to, uh, to care for things that God has uh, invested us with. We spoke last week about the importance of worship, but if you recall, we also stated that the intent of the church or our goal is never really to get everyone in the community to come here for worship, although I think it would be wonderful, wouldn't it? It would be wonderful if the entire community... I uh, was in the church somewhere every single week, every single service, but uh, the goal of the church is never really to get everyone to come in uh, and worship. 
our goal actually from the very early church is to be like Jesus and to seek to be the church in our community. And part of that is the different ministries uh, that we're involved in, the opportunities we have to, uh, to connect people with Jesus. One of the central aims of the, the Christian church is to connect our communities with the love of Jesus. And uh, that involves connecting with our community, doesn't it? Getting to know people, uh, finding different ways to connect to them, and then connecting them with Jesus, wherever they are in their life and whatever situation they're in, connecting them with our Savior who can care for them, who can heal them, who can provide for them. We'll never accomplish connecting our communities with the love of Jesus through worship alone. Although I love worship. I love the, the singing I love the playing, even though I don't do it well uh, sometimes. We all have that, but uh, we lo- love the music. I love the, the worship. I love uh, the Word. I love our times of worship together. But we'll never accomplish all that we're meant to as a church in just the, the worship alone. And that's even if people download podcasts and, and do whatever, there's still a void that can only be filled by taking us taking people to Jesus or taking Jesus really into our communities. And so what I want us to do is take a few moments to look through some of these passages in Luke's gospel in which Jesus is, um, is often talking to people and trying to teach his early followers, these early disciples of, of Jesus, how to be the church and what it means to, to love people and to care for people, to connect them with Jesus. And so we want to look, if we want to think about what sort of people should we be connecting with and what sort of people should our ministries of a church be be connecting with and be leading to Jesus, I, I think no better way than to look at who Jesus was speaking with and who he was reaching out to. And so uh, we want to first look in Luke's Gospel, chapter 17, uh, beginning of verse 11, how Jesus ministered and often ministered, this is just one example, to those who were often forgotten or forsaken by the community and uh, rejected. Luke's Gospel, chapter 17 beginning verse 11. Luke's Gospel 17, verse 11 says, Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border from Samaria to Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go and show yourselves to the priests. As they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw that he had been healed, he came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. He was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. This is a great passage here. Now, leprosy, so this passage is talking about a a man or some men who had leprosy. Uh, Ten individuals had leprosy. Leprosy is not something we hear a lot about in in Australia in in 2017, but uh, it was very much a part of uh, the early church world. And um, leprosy uh, was, uh, well, is uh, still prevalent in some parts of the world, but leprosy is a a disease which um, creates open sores, and uh, sores that that are running sores um, all over the body. And it's a highly contagious disease in that uh, once you get leprosy, especially in the the biblical times, once you get leprosy, 
uh, you were going to die from. Uh, and it was going to be a slow and painful death of these open uh, sores and running sores. But anyone who came in contact with someone who had leprosy uh, would more than likely also catch uh, leprosy. And so there, the, the code of practice, I guess, for the, uh, the day was if someone had leprosy, they had to leave their spouse and the children. They had to leave the community and live outside of the community, outside of the town, outside of the village, outside of the walls of the city, outside the community. They were social outcasts. They were physically cast out of there to, to survive on their own or to die on their own. And these are the people who no one would, would speak to, no one would address. If they went outside the city, they might be calling out in pain, can someone help me? And you had to kind of act like they, they just weren't there. You just kind of kept on passing by. But Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus hears these ten guys who have leprosy, ten people calling out, Jesus, over here, heal us. Look after us. And so he does. He heals uh, these these sick guys that no one else will, will care for. And he, he spends time with this other Samaritan who comes back and says thank you because he realizes that he's healed. And Jesus says to him, um, your faith has made you whole. Jesus doesn't respond the same way the world responds. He doesn't respond the same way the community does. He, he loves. He reaches out in, in love and cares for this sick man. He puts himself in a position where he's talking with someone that no one else would. This man, in fact, who is healed is not only a, a, a sick man and not only did he have leprosy, but he was a Samaritan, so he was already a social outcast to the other Jews. Jews often didn't speak to Samaritans, but Jesus, who is known as the king of the Jews, he is a, a Jewish teacher and leader respected in the community. He takes time to speak to and to heal the Samaritan. And so we need to understand that Jesus often ministered to people that nobody else was comfortable talking with and ministering with. He loved people when others would have rejected them. But not only the lepers and the sick, Jesus cares for, for everyone. Those of simple, childlike faith. There's a great uh, passage here in uh, Luke chapter 18, verses 15 to 17, where it speaks of, People bringing their children up before God. Because in chapter 18, verse 15, it says, People were also bringing babies to Jesus for him to place in his, hand, his hands on them. When the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. But Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive, sorry, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God, like a little child, will never enter it. And so Jesus here is talking to a crowd. He's teaching as he often did. And parents started bringing up their children. Some say, it's translated here, babies, some of those uh, children. Uh, the original language just says uh, young children. But the parents are bringing up their young children to Jesus. And they're saying, I, I just want Jesus to, to touch them and to bless them. And his disciples are like... Get, get away. Get all these kids away. Keep your kids back. This is Jesus. This is our great teacher. Show him some respect and show him some, some honor, uh, which was their, their, their Jewish custom. But what does Jesus do? He looks down and he says, oh, no, no, let, let the kids come to me, which doesn't sound like that much to us. It just sounds like 
this dear man who's loving kids. But this broke every sort of cultural norm of the day. This is a respected Jewish teacher who would have only spoken normally to these other Jewish men, but yet he's ministering to, to men and women in the community. And then these children come up, which I don't know if you know, a lot of people, may, maybe, maybe some of you, were raised in a time in Australia in which there's a, an old saying that said children should be seen and not heard. And some of you were like, oh, yeah, I remember those days when it was like I, I wasn't there. Children should be playing outside or doing whatever, and the adults have the conversation. And it was the focus was on the adults. The focus was on what, what we care about or what we want to talk about, and you just kind of keep the kids entertained over here. Well, it was very similar in Jesus' time, and that is that the kids shouldn't have had anything to do with Jesus. The kids shouldn't have been coming up to Jesus. Don't you have something else to play with? And, and these disciples are going, parents, come on, just entertain your kids. Do something else with your kids. This is an important guy. We're trying to talk here. We've got important grown-up business here to discuss. And Jesus actually says, hold on. No, no. These guys are important. These kids, I, I, I love them. And in fact, unless any of you come to me like these children do with this simple childlike faith, a simple trusting faith, then you'll never know what the kingdom of God is like. You'll never truly trust in God and surrender to Him. He, when others cast these kids out and, and they say, those who, who don't have a deeper understanding of things like we do as adults, those who, who may not understand what's going on fully, they're not that important. When, when the, the world is kind of casting them aside, Jesus is saying, no, I love them. And in fact, I want you to be more like them. He challenges all to come to him in that simple faith. It's not big theological debate that impresses God, but a simple and contrite heart. One has surrendered to him. One that humbles himself before him. Jesus didn't just minister to the, the sick and the down and out. He didn't just minister to those who, who didn't have impressive theological qualifications, but uh, the simple in hearts and those of simple faith, God ministered to those, Jesus ministered to those who have uh, great needs. He ministered to those who were blind and um, without a hope in the society structure. Luke 18, verse 35 speaks to this. Luke 18, verse 35. It says, As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. And they told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And so he called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way rebuked him, and they told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stopped, and he ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see the man replied. And then Jesus said to him, Receive your sight, for your faith has healed you. And immediately, immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw it, they also praised God. Isn't that a beautiful passage? This man who was blind, again, you have to understand sort of the social structure of the people in the time. This man was an outcast in the society. And to the other Jews who were walking along Jesus, this man didn't exist. He could cry out all he wants, and they weren't going to give him the time of day. They weren't going to acknowledge that he's even there. 
And yet this man who's blind and he's a beggar, it, it, the only way he can survive is to kind of beg and, and look for some sort of charity, someone to have pity on him. This man who's blind hears this crowd of people walking by and he goes, what's going on? And they said, Jesus is here. And he calls out to Jesus. And, and what do all the religious leaders do? What do all the people who are walking with Jesus do? They try to quiet him. Like, Shh, come on, no, he doesn't have time for you. Don't bother, this is Jesus. And so this man goes, I'm going to call it even louder. Jesus, have mercy on me. And how does Jesus respond? When Jesus hears him, he talks to those men who have been telling God to be quiet, and he says, hey, you guys, bring him to me. Carry him over to me. Guide him over to me. And he loves the man, and he heals the man. And he meets his need. Jesus stopped. Jesus listened. Jesus cared and he healed and he loved. Jesus sees us, not just those who have it all together, which really is none of us, is it? He loves us, not just those of us who have it all worked out because that's really none of us, is it? But he loves us when we're when we're outcasts and when, when the world doesn't understand us and when the world doesn't have a place for us. He, he cares for us when, when we can't see how to go or we don't know how it's going to work out. We don't know our left foot from our right. We, we don't know where to go or, or how to handle the situation. He sees us when, when we're considered nothing by the world. He can see, sees us with a simple faith and simple trust. And he says he loves you. And he cares for you. And he calls us as a church to love our community in that same way. Finally, I want to say, Jesus loved not only people who were the outcasts. He, he called those not only who have great physical needs. He, he called and he loved uh, and he, he served those who um, were, were the children, the socially sort of unacceptable. He loved and he loved and he loved. But he also loved... Not just the perfect, not just the righteous, but those whose lives were full of sin and corruption. Look with me in Luke chapter 19, verse 7 to 9. It says this. All the people saw... Uh, so, so I'll just bit of story. Zacchaeus, uh, this tax collector, is up in a tree because he hears that Jesus is coming. And there's a great crowd following Jesus, and he's a short man, and so he can't be seen over the crowd. So poor little Zacchaeus climbs up in this tree. We've all sung little children's songs, but um, Zacchaeus, you come down, for he's coming to your house today. But what happens is, um, when Jesus reached the spot, in verse 5 it says, When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, come down, that I might stay in your house today. So he came at once and he welcomed him gladly. But verse 7 says, All the people saw this and they began to mutter, He's gone to that guest to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and he said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay them back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. What a beautiful passage. This man 
wasn't very popular in his community. Why? Because he had cheated them all. Now, the, the, tax, the tax man was not a very popular man uh, in his community because uh, some of you think, oh, you know, we all hate tax time. Or we None of us like the tax time. But the tax man in, in, in Jesus' day often took the tax that uh, the Roman government required. He took the tax that the government asked for. And then he took his own bit as well and often cheated all the people in his community so that he could be wealthy and he could be profitable. And this man was strongly disliked by everyone in the community. They said, look, he is corrupt. He is a, sin, a sinner. He um, is a man uh, of, of unrighteous living. He's not a man that can be trusted. And why doesn't Jesus know this? Why is Jesus hanging out with him? Someone tell Jesus who he's standing there with. Someone tell Jesus who he's going to a house with. Maybe he doesn't understand that this man is a sinner. This man doesn't deserve him. But Jesus, Jesus goes to this man and he shows him grace. Jesus goes to this man and he shows him mercy. And Jesus said, the reason I've come is to seek out and to save those who are lost. I've come. I've come for people like this, for people like Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, Jesus knew his past. Jesus knew his shortcomings. He was unliked by the community. He was unpopular there. But Jesus loved him, not because of what he had done, but just for who he is. Jesus loves him, and Jesus wanted him to know grace and mercy and forgiveness. And so he shows him love, and he cares for him. To have someone, to, to go to someone's house, in the Jewish culture, especially in Jesus' time, to go into someone's house for dinner meant that you were, that was, you were giving them the, most, the greatest honor, the greatest respect that you would go and, and dine with them and have dinner with them. And so Jesus here, this man of terrible reputation in the community, Jesus shows grace to and shows love. And so it, it just reminds us that None of us deserve him, do we? None of us deserve his mercy. None of us deserve his grace. We're all like Zacchaeus. The community are like, don't, don't Jesus realize? Doesn't he realize who this man is? This man doesn't deserve Jesus. Well, none of us do. But Jesus loves those who are lost. Jesus loves those who don't know him. And he wants to share his love and his grace with everyone. And that's where we step in as a church. That's where we're called to serve as a church is to take the love of Jesus out in the streets to minister to people in order to share uh, Jesus with them, to connect people with Christ. Our ministries in our church, they're not meant to entertain. It's not just something we do or a place to go. If you're coming to one of the ministries and uh, one of the things during the week just to have a place to go or something to do, you're there for the wrong reason. If you're serving in a ministry just to entertain or you're coming along to be entertained, you're there for the wrong reasons. They're not really even about worship, although it can certainly be part of, it's not the main, main intent. The ministries of the church, what we're meant to do during the week, day in and day out, is to try to be like Jesus and connect people with Him. As a church, I just want to pray that each of the, uh, the ministries and the programs we have be focused on connecting our communities with the love of Jesus. He is the one who provides healing. He's the one who, who provides with his power and strength to handle every situation. He is the one who has grace and mercy. We just need to keep 
bringing people to Him. And so um, we need to, to just keep on looking for ways to, to connect with people and to show God's love. We need to keep looking for ways to, to get to know people, to get alongside people, to share life with people, and to bring the love of God into that life, to be in the world, not of the world, to be with people, to walk through the difficulties of life with them, and to share God's love, to share His mercy, to reach out to people just like Jesus did, the people who everybody else turned their back on, to reach out to people just like Jesus did, the ones that the society says are not good enough or not able enough. We are to, to love them and to care for them. We are to love just like Jesus did, the people who have great need, not to turn a blind eye, not to just walk on by, but to care and to stop and to love. I pray that as a church, we be challenged more and more to not only receive this amazing love of God, not only to receive this amazing grace of God, but to live that out in, in our community each day. Let's just pray. God, I just thank you and I praise you for who you are. Lord, you never give up on us. Your, your love just keeps pursuing us. You, your mercies are new every morning. You forgive us and you heal us and you lead us back in the right way, not because we are worthy, not because we deserve it, but because you are gracious and you are loving and you are merciful. God, thank you. Thank you for your amazing grace. Thank you for your unfathomable love. Help us, Lord, to be challenged as a church to live out that love, to live out that mercy, to live out that grace in our lives. Help us, Lord, to, to come up with ways of connecting in with people and getting to know them and going alongside them, sharing life with them and bringing you into the picture, bringing your love and grace, living out your mercies that we might lead people to you in everything we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.